All right, boys and girls, welcome in. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast, a very special Dave After Dark edition. Cincinnati goes to Dallas and smokes the SMU Mustangs 42 to 13. It was uh it was quite a night, Dave. It was quite a night. Damn right it was. <laughs> It, it, it had everything that we, we felt that this game would have, you know, what needed to happen for UC to win. But then it took steroids. Uh, that, that defense, holy cow. I, I, they made SMU look pedestrian for 90% of the night. For sure. I mean, they – Michelle was not in any sort of rhythm – they had one – their one scoring drive was like a 17-yard long drive. But other than that, they did absolutely nothing if it wasn't for UC and the uh, clown show officials gifting them, I think, five or six 15-yard penalties. Some of them were legit. I'm not going to dispute yeah, that. a others, couple were very questionable. Others, I'm not so sure that these refs are used to officiating corners – that play physical press man. Yeah. Like you just well, don't see that a ton. And so they think like anytime you touch a guy, it's a penalty. The thing like the, the one that really pissed me off and we're, we're letting it fly here tonight. So if, if your kids are in your car listening, um, maybe <laughs> listening to it with some headphones, some other time, um, the gardener one that that was you know that, that was on third down on that touchdown drive the the 16 play touchdown drive was completely phantom there, there was no there was nothing even resembling pass interference on that play no nothing but i don't want to i'm not going to dwell on that because we bullied no. the shit out of a team that supposedly is the 16th ranked team in the country i mean that was that was a straight up you know what i mean Look, everybody wanted to talk top 10 offense versus top 10 defense. And you walked away from that game, sure of one thing. Cincinnati has a top 10 defense. Right? Yeah. Like, that's that's the takeaway. That That's the, the talking point. That's the takeaway. Whatever you want to say, Marcus Freeman went in there and just laid the absolute smack down on SMU's offense. It wasn't, even, talk- it, it, it wasn't even a contest uh, on that side of the ball. No, it wasn't. I mean, we talked in the in the podcast leading up on what we thought our keys were. I think I said make them as one-dimensional as possible, even though you know they're a throwing team. You can't let them get yards rushing. They averaged 1.9 yards a carry. And red zone defense, one for five in the red zone on touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, about the, how about the field goal to make it 13? I mean, Sonny Dykes, like, the debacle at the end of the first half, but then, like, kicking a field goal for, on fourth and two from, like, the five-yard line, that is straight up, like, you, your ass should be fired. <laughs> yeah. it, the, here, here's what I'll say, though. Here's it, I'll, I'll, I'll cover his ass by saying this. We saw on the next set of downs – why you don't go? Why you don't go for it on fourth and five against this defense? You don't get that either. Well, at least I they mean, got three out of the other one. Yeah, but you can't. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and if it wasn't for two fumbles on our you know, probably inside our 35, 40 yard line, they don't sniff our half of the field really. The outside of that one drive, two hundred and ninety yards for SMU. 3.4 yards per play, 1.9 yards per rush. Third quarter One, was third quarter was 12 plays, two three and outs, and an interception. Seven for 20 on third down, which we talked about extensively as being uh, yeah, they're one like, of the biggest keys of this game. They're like at around 53% on the yeah. season. And and why did what did we say was the key? Third and long. They were in third and long all night. I mean it was third and seven plus almost yeah, every one time. Of, one of their conversions was on the first drive that was yeah. like third and 12 and they got 16 yards. Yeah. I just, uh, we'll get to, to offense and Des here in a little bit. Um, 
My Jay Sanders is unblockable. He is. I, I tried to express that. And that was like, even in the limited amount of time we got to see practice before the season started. Look, James Hudson and Darius Harper are very good tackles. And Majay has been abusing them like a drum in practice consistently. It's like once this dude gets into a game, and, and it's I'm sure it's been a bit frustrating for him because he hasn't really compiled the counting stats. Well, because there's no one's throwing the ball against him. Yeah. But in the first three games. But he is just an absolute he didn't he still didn't have great counting stats stats today. What I mean, he had uh da, 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 da. three tackles, one sack. Two tackles for loss. Um, he had at least one was, batted ball. He, he forced in, he forced another sack. He beat his guy yeah. so bad that he Michelle ran right had into, step up and had and got ran sacked. right into Tucky. Yeah, I mean it's it's either you hold him or he runs right around you. The hold on him late in the game was he, he, bear, he bear hugged him and he just put his hand straight up like, "Hey guys, look at me! I I can't go anywhere because <laughs> this guy's hugging me." The guy was like, "Look, I'm done with this shit." <laughs> and it was on their touchdown, and the guy was like yeah. mad, almost made, looked like he was mad that they called it. <laughs> uh, also, Jarrell White, uh, 11 solo tackles, two tackles for loss, a sack, a pass breakup, a quarterback hurry. Here's what's crazy, Dave. My jet was never even in the, in the, I'm looking at the, I don't know if it'll be the official, official stats. My jet was credited with zero quarterback hurries. Uh, <laughs> that's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Jarrell White, we talked about, and, and this has amazed me so far this season with Jarrell, so many potential stars on this defense, and, and we beat them to death. Majay, Sauce, Forrest, Wiggins. Jarrell White's been the best player on this defense, and it, and it other than Majay, it hasn't been particularly close. He has because, well, he's made, like, a lot of, I wouldn't say like splash plays, but like really good plays. The sack tonight in the first quarter was a great read and, and tackle in the open field. He's just exactly where he needs to be all the time. Yeah. And insanely consistent and him being able to do that in the middle allows the defensive line to do what they do because they don't have to worry about like getting out of gap or, I mean, I'm trying to, like, I, I don't know this offhand, but SMU, I think, leads the nation in 20-plus yard plays, had 10 last week. I think they had one tonight. Um, Let's see. Game. I think it was Bouchelle's scramble. Um, no, his longest run was 10. Did it get called? Maybe that got called back or something. They had um, two pass plays for 24 each, one to Gransom, one to Rice. Okay. Uh, the one on Kobe. Where <laughs> that, he, was a great, he, that was a great throw. I mean, yeah. he, back shoulder Kobe, came Kobe back to it. was in good coverage, and that was a good, great throw. Uh, so they had two plays over 20 yards. That was it. Their longest run was 13. Um, they only had 215 passing yards for one of the most prolific passing offenses in the sport. A quarterback that leads all of college football in career passing yards and was number two in passing yards on the season coming into today. And you want to talk about no-fly zone. I said so was, those receivers were scared. Yeah. They dropped, what, I mean, seven, eight passes? Six, six or seven. Well, they dropped, I think, two or three on the last drive that was, you know, the game was already decided. Right. I think it might have got up to like eight, but like six when it was, when it mattered. Bouchelle was 23 for 44 for 216, a touchdown interception and 96.5 rating. Dez's rating was 128 and he threw for 126 yards. <laughs> I Look. I had somebody in my mention, and I get it. I get why people freak out about this stuff. Somebody in my mentions tonight, it's like, you know, this is the end of the Marcus Freeman era in Cincinnati. Like, so what? Right. Like, who, ca- like, what? who cares? That, that's great for us. Like, what did right. you think was going to happen? That they were just going to keep being an awesome defense and he was never going to get offered a job that he would want? He wants to be a head coach. But that's great for us. 
I had my cousin, I was texting back and forth with my cousin who's, who's a huge UC fan. He said, uh, Freeman's like that super hot girlfriend um, that you know you'll uh, get lucky with a few times, but then she'll be gone soon. And I said, yeah, except he stuck around four years before ditching your sorry ass. Yeah, it's like you wake up and you're like, how is she still with me? I know this is going to end at some point, but let's just see how long I can ride this out before she realizes that I'm like overweight, not great looking, and she can do way better than me. Yeah. And then so far, he keeps looking at plenty of other options and, and deciding to come back to bed. So, I mean, so hey, ride it until, until you can't until ride wheels, it anymore. Till the wheels fall off. I mean, how, how do you, I mean, I know they still got to play Memphis and they still got to play UCF and both of those teams can score. But how do you watch what they do and think that you're just going to get to 30, get to 35? Right. I, I, 13. As I, and it, 13. <laughs> Not in, like I said 27 24 because I think this defense is really good. Yeah. If you'd have, if you'd have told me 13 at like six o'clock tonight, I don't know what my reaction would have been. And Dave SMU gets into the red zone, what, six times? I think it was five. I think they five, five. times. Well, that five times. And they, they get 13. It was. <laughs> it's it's still hard to wrap your brain around exactly and yes the score is obviously a little uh deceiving on the offensive end for cincinnati yeah well let's just say i mean with five minutes to go or six minutes to go it was 28 to 13 yeah and and smu wasn't going to be able to overcome that no even with two trips to the red zone at 28 to 13 yeah this defense is so fun to watch. Can we can we talk about my can we talk about my guy? Go ahead, talk about whatever you want. It's Dave after dark. Let's do it. Dude was a badass tonight. We'll tell the people who. The people know Desmond effing Ritter was a bad <laughs> dude tonight. That's what I've been waiting to see all year. The first two drives of the game, they didn't run the ball. Without, unless it was him running on, right. on a design pass play. You saw the tight end play that we that you know became the, famous the, last year with Deguara. The Josiah Deguara tight end play, yeah, the little rollout. You saw designed runs. You saw RPOs. Like, and then I felt like kind of in the second quarter, they kind of went away from that and condensed things and had a couple three and outs in a row. Got a little too conservative, but they went back to it. I mean, he had, I thought... I mean, a couple throws that he probably wants back. There was one drop. I would consider the one ball across the middle to Mike Young, like kind of a bad throw, but more bad drop. Like you got to yeah. catch that. He but had other both than palms that, on the ball. That's a I drop. mean, he threw a dart on third and long to Trey Tucker across the middle in the first quarter. Like that's the kind, I mean, that's the, now you're not, obviously he's not going to run for whatever. He's not going to break a 90 yard run all the time and run for 170 yards. But like if, and, and, they ran the ball so well that his passing numbers were were lower. But, like, if you can get 250 to 300 total yards out of him and no turnovers, you're not they're not going to lose. The turnovers are the big thing, right? Like, right. If, he did not put them in disadvantageous situations. Now, there were the two fumbles, but that, that didn't have anything to do with Dez. Um, he took care of the ball. He made the right read. He made the right throw when he needed to. And when there was running lanes available, he ran, and he ran incredibly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, he, he is exactly. That's how you beat good teams with he with has a quarterback to be like Des Ritter. He has to be the unaccounted for player. That when he becomes a threat, then they have to, to dedicate someone to him. And in the first three games, he was not that player. Right. I mean, you saw on the ninety on the ninety yard touchdown run. Every guy was just diving in. Can we talk about the safety? The what? The safety on that play. Oh, that he just like 
like he was literally looking in the ba- in the pile of people while Dez ran right and, by him. Well, that's because Dez had the ball for like seven yards and he hadn't committed yet. And then seven yards in, he committed to the pile. And Dez just strolled right past him. I mean, it was, yeah. it was unbelievable. He, the I mean, awareness of where the ball was was just non-existent. Both of his his other two touchdown runs were what you know the traditional runs that we're used to seeing him make, and those just have to be a part of this offense. You get Dokes yeah. over a hundred thanks to the the thirty five yarder at the end, but he still averaged, you know, he still had a good game outside of the fumble. Um, I'm you know, obviously it doesn't look good for Chuck. You know, he walked off with no pressure on his knee. Hopefully, it's not another ACL. Yeah. Um, but that's oh, why that you got terrible for Chuck. That's why you got Montgomery and Ford. I mean, Ford bullied that one dude. Holy shit! He two two stiff arms on on two different guys, and then ran a guy over. He fumbled too. Luckily, it bounced right back to him. Yeah, but I mean, that's just with the way this defense is, and I know everybody wants to have this like wild, high-powered, flying offense. It doesn't need to be that. It just needs to be consistent. Don't put your defense in a bad spot and take advantage of the talents that you have. I mean, the one pass to Jordan Jones in the third quarter, I mean, Dez almost kind of like pump faked it to the ground. The DB came flying up. Jones almost like threw his arm up like, hey, he's coming as a signal. And he, you know, RPO'd it to him for like 13, 14 yards. Yep. That's that's the type of stuff that has to be there because it's they're not defensible with the defenses that they're going to play in this league when you have to commit someone to him, because there's not a linebacker safety that can run with him. So what are you, what are you going to do? It's like the Lamar Jackson thing. And I'm not comparing him to Lamar Jackson. It's like, Oh, you got to commit someone to Lamar Jackson. Well, why that guy can't stay with him. So what are you going to do? You're going to have a linebacker spy Des. He's just going to run right by him. But if he's not being that aggressive, then it doesn't matter. How about, how about this stat from Chris Vanini? Desmond Ritter rushed for 179 yards on eight carries, only been done nine times in all of FBS football since 2000. Like that many yards per carry? That many yards on that few carries. That's, that's good. Last one was <laughs> Clyde Edwards-Hilaire last year, 188 yards on six carries. That's uh, – that's pretty good that's, too. That's hilarious, actually. <laughs> like one eighty-eight on six. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, but one seventy-nine. Thirty yards a carry. Des was at twenty-two yards a carry. So he, you know, he, he's not quite Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but he had his way with the SMU defense. Um, so eight completions or eight, 13 completions to eight different receivers. They moved the chains. They were 7 of 13 on third down, uh, 439 yards, 126 passing, 313 rushing. Um, I mean, they ran for more yards yards than SMU had. Yeah. Yeah. 313 on the ground for Cincinnati. How many times that's happened? Not a lot, I would imagine. 313 on the ground for Cincinnati. 290 total. For SMU, and that's I mean, I bet, it's when, happened, I bet it's happened with like really good team versus really bad team. But when has yeah. it happened like where they're supposedly pretty even teams? It was, it was, it, dude. Who does Sonny Dykes think he is? He was, he was like angry the whole game, and I'm like, dude, you're getting all the calls. Like, who are you yelling at? Yeah, what are you what are you so mad about? It's all look, here's what I'll say about the officials, and this is generally true in the American. As a as a general rule, this is the American conference. They are bad both ways. Oh, they're not good. I'm not like saying that they're no, good. No, 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 no. I'm, uh, they are bad both ways. And tonight they were bad both ways. But what we saw in the second quarter was the complete change of momentum in an entire game based on two calls that were just Flat out wrong. One of them, they went to replay and got wrong twice. 
the 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 targeting on Dokes, I, I'll never understand how that isn't called. I, I'll never understand. I mean, the guy just dove in with his head. Just totally. That's why. That's why Dokes fumbled is because he got hit in the head by the crown of someone else's helmet. That should be a rule. If you fumble because some guy hits you with the crown of his helmet and your brain freezes for a second, it should be a penalty, right? More times than not, I would agree with you. I I don't know when you wouldn't agree with me on that. I mean, you hit somebody in the crown. Of the, they like, tried you, to review a play after another <laughs> play had ran. <laughs> and it took them 10 minutes to realize that you're not, you can't do that. <laughs> we, that play was not reviewable. No shit. <laughs> oh, baby. Uh, all right. What else you want to talk about? It's Dave after dark. You haven't, you haven't gone too off the, the funny thing is there really isn't a whole lot to go off the rails. Well, on this one. no, because uh, outside I'm, of the second quarter, I'm also, I'm also stone cold sober. I just cracked my first beer. What? What? Yeah, it was it was too late. Like I was like dog tired at like seven seven thirty. It was all <laughs> was all I could do to stay awake till the game started. I I am only I am on my second uh, bourbon. So I'm gonna drink one beer, finish this, and then try to go to bed. But um, what else do I have to talk about? Um. Memphis's defense stinks. Okay. Um, elaborate. Well, I mean, you got to elaborate for the people. This is a podcast. They can't read your mind, Dave. I mean, Temple threw, Temple threw, I think, four interceptions and was still in the game pretty much till the very end. Yeah. So I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> Coming off this win. Knowing that they lost twice to those guys last week, yeah, <laughs> the last year, I'm not too concerned about next week. I, I know, I know what we do have to talk about. What's that? Two new starters on the offensive line due to um, did Did you notice uh, the Dylan O'Quinn? Um, yes, I, I will say that's hands up. That's on me. The false start on fourth and one. That's on me. Yeah, uh, I, I. Look, I, I didn't notice Jake Renfro. I'm a big Jakari Robinson guy. I, I Jakari has been awesome to deal with for me for a long time. Um, he is a guy I really like. I, I don't know how you. I think he just you, got Wally you, pipped. I don't know how you change. Like I don't. I guess it's really nice to have two guys at center that you trust. Um, did I mean, you I notice guess in... Jake Renfro one time tonight? No, and I guess like the old adage, like you can't, you shouldn't lose your job if you like weren't injured. But like at the same time, and this isn't just because of Jake Renfro, but the the running game was noticeably better tonight than it had been in the previous three games. And I'm there not were just still saying some because issues inside running between the there tackles. were, but they ran, but they ran the ball better. I think they still ran the ball better than they had taking out some of the, you know, the 120-something yards on two runs at the very end. I mean, taking that out, they still had roughly 200 yards rushing, taking those two runs out. (laughs) So, yeah, like you said, it's a good problem to have. You just let them battle it out, I guess, at this point. I I didn't notice any... um any rhythm issues with the new center, which is what you always fear, right? Like you, you got a new signal caller in game four. Um, I, I yeah, didn't I mean, notice it any rhythm like issues. They were missing calls and guys were like running free up the middle. And, right. I mean, there was on, on the one, I think it was the Trey Tucker pass. There was a really nice pass off between O'Quinn and Harper on a stunt. O'Quinn and, uh, or O'Quinn Hudson. and Hudson, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, I noticed that but too. But yeah, um, so yeah, I mean, they, Des, what did he get sacked one time on kind of a, I don't know, they some of the runs they probably count as sacks because if he got tackled behind the line. Uh, the official stats have no sacks and oh. no, quarter, no sacks, no quarterback hurries. Okay, well then I guess he didn't get sacked or hurried. I, I guess they considered it a run. 
Uh, three but tackles yeah, I, for I mean, loss, which a lot of uh, all I think all three were on runs pretty much designed right up the middle against a stack yeah. box, which you and they're more out. of a they're more of a havoc defense anyway. Um, you know, they had 15, I think 13 or 15 sacks coming into this game through five games. Um, you know, good number of tackle for tackles for loss. So, you know, while they're not like a dynamite defense, they and they had a lot of they had a good number of interceptions too. They were making enough, you know, they were making enough plays to support the offense. Um, but they just got dog walked tonight by a team that by a team that you knew after the first quarter, this game was not too big for them. And I felt that this game was way too big for every single person on the SMU sideline tonight. I don't think you're wrong there. I think it's interesting. Sonny Dykes talked about um, dating back to the Wiggins walk-off that UC was at a place that they weren't at yet. When in reality, if you look at that, that was just the beginning of this team picking themselves up off the mat. Like th- yeah, that, that was wasn't the middle of the year after a year that they should have won one game. Yeah. And SMU has been what I think they're like 17 and three, 19 and three or something like that leading up to this game from that point. Um, but they weren't ready for prime time. This Cincinnati team, you know, and it's funny, you look at playing for uh, a championship against Temple last year in the Eastern Division of the American Athletic Conference and then playing Memphis for the actual AAC championship and uh, playing Memphis once for home field advantage, playing Memphis twice for, for, for an AAC championship. And then I think you couple that with playing two bowl games against Power 5 opponents. Like, look, that Virginia Tech team wasn't very good. Boston College wasn't very good last year, especially without their starting running back. But you're just continuing to step up your level of competition so that you're ready for games like this, so that the stage isn't too big. And the stage was in no way, shape, or form too big for Cincinnati tonight. Not even close. No, I mean, there were moments towards the end where you're just kind of like, you know, the second fumble and these penalties where you're like, don't let them score. Don't let it become like a seven or eight point game yeah. where then something screwy happens and you're tied now. And, but other than that, like there was, I mean, even at 14, 10 at the half, I was like, that's exactly what you wanted to happen. Yeah. Like you go into the game and you go, they score 10 points in the first half after they've averaged 16 in the first quarter, the last three games, you're like, this is exactly what we want. I mean, and we couldn't have nailed it anymore with starting fast. Because no, because they haven't started fast yet this year, <laughs> right? And all of a sudden, you're up 14 zip after after two drives each, and and you give up one first down on their two first their, and their first three offensive possessions. You give up one first down. You told them right there, you're in for a long night, boys. Yeah, you're not gonna get the best of us. You Plan might make a, a play here out the window. Yeah, you might make a play here. You might make a play there. Uh, Danny Gray was their their big play guy coming in, right? And he was out for – he got hurt. He was out for a little bit. Four catches for 11 yards. The long yeah. play to Danny Gray was five yards. Every time they tried to go over the top to him, he was completely blanketed. Right, like that offense, you're just not – they're not just going to not make some plays. Right. But everything they did was in, insanely hard. Like uh, – yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, they try everything they did, especially, I mean, like, I think you said 13, long, 13 yards was the longest run, which you shouldn't see when you are such a pass-heavy offense. You should be able to break some runs because the defense is concentrating so much on stopping the pass. I mean, everything they did was, was just a challenge. Dave, they ran the ball 39 times. They only passed 46 times. They ran the ball 39 times. They gained 75 yards on 39 rushes, 1.9 yards per carry. <laughs> that is I'm domination pretty, at the most utter and complete level. I'm pretty sure we know who this is. I, I didn't put this out this week, but so going into this week, UC had the number one pass efficiency defense in the country. Uh-huh. 
The number two pass efficiency defense was 12 points behind them. It ain't going to change much after this one. It's not changing after today. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to get to what could have been a pivotal moment in the game. Uh, Jared Doak scores a touchdown. James Hudson gets called for basically taunting, which, I mean, talk your shit, bro. I don't really care. Uh, they push you. Yeah, he, back I mean, he just he, he embarrassed that boy. I mean, right? What did you What did you think James wasn't going to stand over him and flex on right. him? Right. He completely flattened him, and then got the guy talked. Just... The guy talked junk at higher ground like two years ago when he wasn't even allowed to play. <laughs> <laughs> so they push the ball back 15 yards. You see, kicks off from the 20, and just just Cole Smith just says, "All right, take it at the 25." Cole Smith, 80 yards out of the back of the end zone, and SMU goes three and out. That, that, that's a, a hat tip to Sean Smith, who asked me to remind him of that. And that was – that Cole Smith kick, that was – you know, if that doesn't go well and SMU starts at the 40 or right, so. Right, the 40 or 50-yard line, like – and they score yeah. in four plays and, and you're right back to up four, like, sure. Yeah. I will say Early. it was the – it was so, – it was the third most impressive kick I did see today, though. The 110-yarder, I've never seen anything it, like that. The kicking ever. from your three-yard line into the and other end zone? It out, kicking it out of the other end zone. Well, I mean, it bounced and everything. But, but yeah, yeah, but still, he kicked well, it you, seven, I, 73 yeah, yards, I think. In did the you air. see the field goal in the Rice game that hit the upright four, and the, the crossbar the four times? The quadruple doink. That's I, what you get for playing for a field goal in overtime. Rice. Yeah, they Don't were playing field position. They were playing field position like it's, they were lining it up in the middle of the field from forty plus yards. Like for people overtime. that didn't see this, it hit the right upright, the bounce to the left, hit the crossbar twice, and then kicked off the left upright. No, no, hit the right upright, bounced off the crossbar, hit the left upright. Oh, and then kicked back off the then crossbar. Kicked back off the crossbar <laughs> to the middle of the end zone. Don't the play for a field goal in overtime, you dumb coach. And they lost in double overtime. That's what you get. That's what you get. That's like Sunny Dykes. You get what you get kicking a field goal down 15 in the fourth quarter or whatever. Third, late down the third 18. Quarter. Down 18. 18. Yeah. To, yeah, 18 to go down in the 15. Late in the third quarter. From the, what, seven? There were seven. It was fourth and two line? from like the five yard line. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Uh, what else did I want to hit on? But yes, that kickoff was major, major stones. The punt, the, the punt, though. I've never seen a punt go that far ever in my life. No, no, no. From the three, he 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 punted it from he, his foot made contact with the ball at the three yard line, and it wasn't like it rolled forty yards. Like I think it rolled like twenty. Dave, he got interfered with. He got hit. There was roughing the punter on that play. Those he West Texas winds are wild, apparently. He kicked it 73 yards in the air, and then it rolled out of the back of the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Uh, let's I don't see. have it. I don't have a ton left. I mean, I, I would love to be I in either. film. I would love to be at film at SMU this week. That would be an enjoyable watch. See, here's the, yeah. here's, here's, the, here's the play where you alligator armed it for the fourth time because you were afraid you were going <laughs> to get your dick pushed in again. I mean, I, I, I'll say, I'll, and this is, it probably led to him getting uh, dinged up, a little bit injured. Um, I am, I have become more and more impressed by the week with Sauce's like willingness to, to mix it up. He will get in there and make tackles. Oh, yeah. And that is a dude. You're not going to play for Marcus if you don't. I Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, he would have an excuse, right? Like, you're an elite shutdown corner. Yeah, but you still um, got to make an effort. Like, yeah. you don't have to be the greatest tackler ever, but you can't just, like, dive at dude's feet and get out of the way and stuff like that that you see a lot of DBs do. Like, you know, make business decisions. I'm not going to come. I'm going to hope this guy trips over me. Yeah. Uh, what? Oh, I didn't see this stat. Five sacks for the Cincinnati defense, loss of 39 yards, zero sacks for SMU. 
nine tackles for loss for Cincinnati, three tackles for loss uh, for SMU. I'll have to look at this later, like for this week, but I'm wondering how many sacks UC has actually given up this year. Not many. Doesn't seem like it. I'm not going to go through each game now, but like, I can't think of you know what? This one's interesting, but it it makes a lot of sense on something in my brain. What do you think time of possession was? It was close. It really? was. I thought it was close. It was set. We only had the ball for like twelve minutes and change in the first quarter or in the first half, and then in the third quarter, <coughs> it was almost even. So I don't know what it ended up being. Excuse me. Almost thirty-three minutes for SMU. 32-45 for SMU, 27-15 for yeah. Cincinnati. You know what that – watching the way this was playing out in the fourth quarter, you know what that – SMU played with no sense of urgency. No, they, their drives – their two drives that stalled out inside the red zone took forever. Yeah. They were running like, the ball on first down, and I'm going, keep doing that. I'll give you three and four yards every time. There was like a third and six where Bouchelle scrambled for like eight and got it. I'm like, great, do that. Like, you're not going to go down and score – but scrambling they, for eight, nine yards at a time. But then they got up and stood at the line of scrimmage for, for 35 seconds. Oh, my app has been updated. We've only had four sacks for 27 yards. On the season, four sacks for 27 no, yards. No, I'm saying in this game, we only had four sacks, apparently. It just changed from five to four. I don't, I don't know if this app is uh, accurate or not, but. I'm looking at the the stat broadcast right. from like, SMU. Right. I yeah. just have some app on my phone, but it, okay. it was five earlier. And now all of a sudden it says four. <laughs> um, but they didn't like S. Like, and it goes back to what we talked about. Like, this was too big for SMU. Like, they're they not did not. Really, they're not really a tempo team, but like, I mean, when you're down 15, you kind of need to become one. Down 15 in the fourth quarter, and you're driving. Let that's what I wanted to talk about. Let's talk about the end of the first half. <laughs> I thought we already did. No, first, we didn't talk about first and goal from the nine with twenty-two yeah, I, seconds left. Yeah, and he got and they got and they the only play they ran was a field goal. <laughs> yeah, they with ran two timeouts with two timeouts, and Buchel walks over to the sideline like that's my me. bad. That's yeah. on me. Oh no, it's on your coach. Like, is he not paying attention? They're just tick, 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 tick. Is there, tick, no, tick. Is there no assistant coach being like, call fucking timeout? I mean, think about that, Dave. They had a chance to go in tied at halftime when they were pretty thoroughly outplayed. Chad, the last thing that they should have done was kick a field goal. With two timeouts from the nine-yard line with 22 seconds, they had three chances, three chances to throw the ball in the end zone. They did not throw it in the end zone one time because they just waited. To, they ran 17 seconds off the clock and kicked the field goal. It's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Marvin Lewis thought that was unbelievably egregious. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I I don't know, man. Like I, I saw a couple people say it uh, on Twitter post game, but th- that was a game Cincinnati's coaching staff just flat out dominated SMU's coaching staff. It wasn't close. No, it wasn't close. That was. Can we just let let's finish by just talking about how good Marcus Freeman is? The way teams look confused at everything that they you know they looked SMU looked comfortable on one drive, one drive the entire and, game. And it took the, it took them sixteen plays to score, yeah. and one and of them was they had a, to convert a, one or two fourth downs. Yeah. And it took them 16 or 17 plays to score on that drive. It was 16 plays. And one of them was a fourth there. One of them was a third down and long that there was a pass interference call that didn't happen. And that's, how, are, that's how the, do you feel right now? If you're an 80, that was like, should I hire this guy or Marcus Freeman? And I hired this guy. You feel like an idiot. And I don't care. You, you certainly level. don't tell your president that. no, I don't care what level I'm, I'm done talking about Freeman. Like, well, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, two years ago, it's like, man, he's, he's, he's really moving up the ranks. He's in line for a Mac job. No, he's either going to the big 10 or the ACC. Right. Last year it was, 
you know what? He jumped the max. He like he he completely hopped the max section of this. He's like like AAC. He's in line for an AAC job, or you know, like something along those lines. Why would he want to go to an AAC job and get his head beaten by Luke? Right. (laughs) Although I wouldn't, dude. He's he's thirty four. No, but if you go to an AAC job, I know, but I'm really really sucks. I know. So you have a mate like s like USF style, like they are. Jeff Scott has years of rebuilding to do there. What was Charlie Strong doing? Look, man, I'll tell you this right now. Marcus Freeman would have USF turned around in two years because they have athletes on defense. That would be tough. I don't believe so. Now, their offense would take a little while to get going, but their defense would be a nightmare in two years. With the athletes that are on that roster? Yeah, but – don't you just go to a Big Ten or ACC school and turn that defense around in two You're years? You're not going to USF now. <laughs> Screw, like, USF should have hired him this offseason over Jeff Scott. Who, who are you taking, Marcus Freeman or Jeff Scott? Well, Jeff Scott did work for Davo Sweeney. I'm sure Jeff Scott is going to do just fine at USF long, oh, long think, term think, if they yeah, give him time. He has a, a chance to do well there, but I, I totally get what you're saying. Like, we have two years of, of like, total proven, like, rebuilding. You like, how much rebuilding did Jeff Scott really do with Clemson's offense? I mean, shit, right. they had Deshaun Jackson or Deshaun Watson. I don't know if he was there when they had Taj Boyd or not. Like, they've had really good offensive players for a while. They weren't rebuilding anything. Right, Marcus Freeman. I'll take him. I'll, I'm I'm throwing my hat in that ring. I'm in, I'm on the Marcus Freeman train. Does 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 coronavirus keep Marcus in Cincinnati one more year? Maybe Cause, because cause I don't people know don't have many... the because people yeah. don't have the money to fire their coaches right now. To Here's justify, the other thing, Dave. Justify cutting sports and then firing our football coach. Here's the other thing, Dave. Why does Marcus Freeman have to take a bad Big Ten or ACC job? Right. You just saw. I mean, we saw today, and granted. We like to make fun, and you were having a whole <laughs> afternoon of it. But like, <laughs> I had to pass time. Well, like, nine o'clock was a long. Was you a long you want to go do that? Like, right? You you want to leave this to go? Everybody wants to be a head coach, I know, and you can't just wait until there's like this cushy situation to walk into. But like, you're 34. You really want to go beat your head into the wall? And like have to play Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State every year if you go to Michigan State or go to the AAC and have to play Clemson and North Carolina and Virginia Tech every year. Like, or do you just chill out for a couple more years? Because you know it ain't slowing down. Right. And then something comes up where it's not like this. Everybody's. I know everybody's competitive, and every coach thinks they're going to be the guy, but that's not the. That's not reality. We've seen him turn down the NFL. We've seen him turn down big time defensive coordinator jobs. We've seen him turn down lower level head coaching jobs already. Marcus Freeman's not in a hurry. There's not like a whole lot of other places he's going to go. He wants to be a head coach. Like, make no mistake about that. He wants to be a head coach, but he doesn't have to take a bad situation well, and, there, and get right, fired in three years wanting to, to be a head coach and taking a job that you feel super confident that you can succeed in not right. one that you feel like if everything goes exactly according to plan we can start to be good in three years if if, if i'm laying odds i'm laying odds that he's not here next year well, if there's Just, a smart AD, they'll pay pay to make that happen. Right. But that's only because of how good he is. Not because I think he's trying to run out of here at you know the next opportunity. Those are no. two different things. I mean, then if so. he if he left, then he wouldn't be able to be roommates with Luke anymore. <laughs> I think that that might be over by now. Oh. I, I think I think the Freemans might be in their new house. By the way, <laughs> Freemans bought a new house yeah. here in Cincinnati. You know? I don't think he's sprinting out of town just because he, he wants to get out of here. I think no, he I think he, he, he he's seen what Luke's done that 
you don't have to just hopscotch around or, you know, and I think he also saw what happened at Purdue when yeah. he was there, that those guys went from Toledo or Kent state. I forget. I think it was Kent state. They went to Purdue and it didn't go well. And so it's, you know, it's not always about just getting to some job that everybody says is a really good job when, once you get there and you are in it, you realize this is a lot more than I thought. Yeah. And I think he, I, I think he genuinely likes it here. So I don't think he is, uh, he is pulling every string to get out of town as fast as some may possibly believe if the right job comes open and it's the right money and it's the right situation for Marcus to further his career. Sure. But again, like one of the other reasons, why did Luke ultimately decide to leave Ohio state after so many years? Because he was getting to the point where if he didn't do it, it was never going to happen. Right. People would stop take considering you for a job. They would just assume that you're never leaving, that you're cool with being a defensive coordinator. Well, and he's in his mid forties at that point, And he had been doing it for 15 years and you know, all the different signs of this guy is either going to have to shit or get off the pot. Marcus is 34. He's 34. Right. He doesn't have like, to be in a hurry to do anything. You, he can be a head coach somewhere at 36 or 37 and still be super young to be a head coach. <laughs> right. Still be one of the youngest head coaches in the country. Two, three years from now. Yep. Tell you what, I didn't realize it. December 10th, 2016, when I first met Marcus Freeman, but uh, it was an important guy to have on your battleship. All right. So well, I, I don't, I don't have much else. We have, we have uh, heaped praise on Desmond Ritter. We've heaped praise on Marcus Freeman and Jarrell White and my Jay Sanders and uh, the, the, whatever the hell that can we, I, that, the other thing, this is not a, uh, a swipe at Bruno LaBelle by any stretch of the imagination. But I immediately tuned out the color commentator when one of his two keys to Cincinnati winning the game was Bruno. What are we doing? <laughs> Don't say that. That's mean. Look, but, but Bruno <laughs> would tell you that. Bruno's not in the role of, that they ask from Josh Wiley and, and Leonard Taylor, right? Those are guys asked to be in that role. That's, that's not mean. to say anything. That's, mean. that's not you're to hate, say you're anything hate, you're bad about Bruno. Hater. Okay. okay. Look. <laughs> Look, maybe. But that, again, it has nothing to do with. Uh, but if you sat I down mean, and broke down this game and you went, you know what? Chad, what did you wins expect? This game we got, Bruno Beth, Mo we got Beth Moens and Kirk Morrison tonight. Yeah, Two teams in the top 16 in the country got, like, the Q broadcasting crew. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. Look, I, Dave, I've sat down and I've broken this game down, and I think a Cincinnati yeah, win comes I, down I get to Bruno LaBelle. Yeah. Come on. Josh Wiley, Jared Dokes, Des Ritter <laughs> getting off, like, Des Ritter playing – like Des Ritter played. There's a lot one, of plays. He went there. one for two. He said Jarrell. He got Jarrell right on defense. He he did pick the the best player on defense to be an impact player. I'll give him that. You're probably not allowed to pick like Shane Bouchelle or or Des He picked Ritter. Jarrell White. No, but I mean, but that's that's the best player on Cincinnati's defense. He picked the leading tackler on defense, and then a and a and a mate look. Bruno's a leader. I hope he is okay. We did not see him after he left. This is again, this is not slander towards Bruno LaBelle at all. Uh, he 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 has been a an important factor in this team running the football. He has been a great teammate. But the number one guy on offense. Canadian the Canadian Mounties are are coming to northern Kentucky tonight. I can hear them on horseback right now. <laughs> You know what I mean, Jesus. I don't know anything. I don't. I I think he's great. I <laughs> I, I have no I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh shit! All right. Well, 
I think that about rounds it up. I'm, that was a, I'm gonna, that was a that was a fun one. That was a fun one. I laughed uh, the entire podcast. Like I'm still smiling. It was fun. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I laughed. People are gonna say, Chad, shut the fuck up. The laugh <laughs> the entire podcast was fucking annoying. And I'm gonna be like, you're right. It was. That's all you're right. Absolutely you guys, right. You guys asked for it. Yeah. And the the, the cat's delivered. We can't do this. <laughs> If, if you don't win, so right? it's not like we did, you know, it's not really up to us. No, it is not. I will also give my guy Bearcat Mac uh, a lot of props to close this podcast. Dave. Did he drop a 42 16 score somewhere like in the, in the preview or something? He prediction? Did. For, he did 42 to 16 was what he dropped in the uh, staff predictions thread. <laughs> that's, that's about as good as it gets. My guy. Maybe maybe he should be on instead of me or something. He, I he, mean, he might know something I don't know. He he's he some, was he's got some know some sharps out in, in Vegas. <laughs> he was as good as human. No, the sharks in Vegas lost a lot of money tonight, I think. I don't know. It got bet down to almost even at the last minute. Yeah, there did seem to be a lot of money on the Bearcats late. Uh I don't think they anticipated that though. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, finish your beer, get you some sleep. Oh, I'm, I'm, gonna I'm finish, good. I'm gonna finish this bourbon, and uh, look, look for Brendel's bites sometime like tomorrow afternoon or evening, because I'm not starting them. It's one fifty-five. As I'm about to hit stop on this recording, I'm not. I'm not doing those tonight. I will do them tomorrow. So yeah. I will. You will hear from me then. But you have a pretty good feeling of where I stand right now. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. Watch party back on for Saturday. The game moved to ER or announced for ESPN. The big dog, the main dog, noon Saturday. You see host Memphis on Halloween. Great for all the parents. They get to take their kids out for trick or treat that night. It's crappy for me. Crappy for Dave. I just, sorry, just started sorry, a, a new job that I have to work till 1.30. On a Saturday? Yeah. You should not have taken that job. We'll talk about um, that. We'll... I, yeah, yeah. Been, you've been out of work for seven months. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, got, you got to set some damn parameters in the interview. Yeah. We'll, we'll continue this discussion <laughs> later this week. <laughs> When we break down Memphis, he's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.